ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to welcome you back. This is the Four Corners Wrestling Podcast on the Pit Podcast Network. We're glad you could be here and join us. My name is Shad. Joining me are Brad and Matt tonight. We're glad that you could be here. And tonight, we're going to have an episode that we call The State of Right Now. We're going to talk about what's going on. But first, I'm going to let the guys say hi. So before we get started, we were... Sorry for the delay between episode one and this. So we kind of recorded two weeks ago, and anyone that's ever done a podcast for any length of time is familiar with Lost Audio, and that's what happened to us. We had a really awesome three-hour podcast session where we talked, we, we completely trashed WWE Backlash 2018. Oh, we, we gave <laughs> in, it an in epic depth, trashing. We went like surgical on that just with a scalpel dissecting as best we could and uh, unfortunately that got lost into the ether of the the universe yeah you guys are going to have to take our word we were very precise it could possibly be one of the greatest discussions of visual entertainment known to mankind and and i might be exaggerating slightly but i think we might have cured cancer in there (laughs) it's possible the worst part, it's gone. The, the, the worst part about that is I made that amazing joke about Kevin Dunn trying to edit around uh, Finn Balor's giant hog, which I thought was a stellar joke, and it's <laughs> lost for all of time. That's true. Oh, and um, before we get too far in, we may have a special listener out there. Matt, you wanted to give a shout-out. Yeah, I wanted to give a shout-out to Epico Cologne, who apparently is a big fan of this podcast. One episode in, but he's a big fan of the podcast. He left emojis to my link to it on my Instagram. It doesn't get bigger than that. And it wasn't yeah, so, a poo one. Yeah, I, so I officially dubbed the, the Pit Podcast uh, Four Corners, the Epico Cologne, number one fan podcast. Epico Cologne's favorite wrestling podcast on the Pit yeah. Podcast Network. And we are the biggest promoters of Epico Cologne. <laughs> I, I said I'll, this, I'll buy a t-shirt. Show me where I can buy that merchandise. I said Absolutely. This, I said this last time, and it's not sucking up, but they when they used to do, like, superstars and stuff, I always liked when they would give Primo and Epico, like, 10 to 12-minute matches to work on those shows because they were always really entertaining. There is so much to be said for guys who can be consistently good i you don't have to be someone who goes out and puts on five stars every night someone who can go out and just be consistently good is just so great and i say that as someone who was only sporadically good in my time you know who excels at that is gold dust absolutely i believe that's what arn anderson referred to as the carpenters and Uh, go ahead, Matt. No, I agree. Um, yeah, uh, I. Yeah, the the Epico Cologne number one fan podcast slash Justin Runnels slash Gold Dust <laughs> slash uh, what was his awful gimmick in WCW right seven. before it, <laughs> seven? Yeah, yeah. What was his stupid TNA mm-hmm. one? Uh, Black what? Rain. Oh God. Oh my God! I yeah. purged that from my memory. Hey. I'm here to torment you. Okay, guys, here's what we're going to do is we're going to get started talking about the state of right now. At this time, towards the end of May in 2018, we've had a lot happen recently. 
we had a mostly good WrestleMania. We had a mostly bad backlash. We had a greatest Royal Rumble that happened. And now we've had two TV deals that have turned Vince McMahon into Scrooge McDuck. Uh, Brad, I'm going to let you go ahead and start with whatever it is you'd like to start with in this. So WWE is coming to network television. And um, they're getting, what, a billion dollars for five years on Fox? I think that's right. So I guess my first question is, are they going to have to, like, is there going to have to be, like, a dynamic shift here where SmackDown becomes their top show? I, yeah, yeah I, I hope think, not. I think they're, I think they're going network tv show but you know that's true they're shuffling it i guess to friday nights but still you're gonna catch more passive eyeballs on fox than you are on just about any network show so yeah like i am at when is it actually going into effect because i think 2019 it's not supposed to happen until i believe yeah it's supposed to happen next year but i think it's supposed to not even be until like the fall so it's not if that's if i'm accurate then it's not even a situation where you know how usually they do the roster shake up after mania. It doesn't even sound like it would be around that time. It would be months after the fact, but I think, yeah, they would absolutely, I can't imagine you probably be booking SmackDown to have at least some of your A-list talent. Like that's, I guess you'd probably see your Roman reigns on SmackDown. That would maybe become the A brand. Am I wrong? No, that's what Meltzer's theory is, is that they're going to do that with SmackDown, and they're going to load it up with that A-brand talent there. Uh, I want to take a second and note the fact that they got a billion dollars. I'm saying that right, correct? Yeah. For a five-year contract. Is it that much? Yeah, that's that's how much they got. Yeah. Is it four or five years? Five years. No. Wow. No, it's four years maybe because I think in my head it was two hundred and fifty million a year. In any event, to secure that kind of deal says a lot about the viewer statistics for the show. Not just that it's popular, but the fact that it has such a stable audience that Fox is willing to pay that much to have it on their network tells me a lot. I don't know if we're going back into a big boom period, but maybe the stability of fans is worth more than we had ever even considered. Actually, I kind of think this is a um, byproduct of the live sports TV deal bubble and that if they didn't secure this kind of deal, it would have said more than them getting this kind of deal. It just seems to me the amount they're getting for it is a pretty big indicator. But, hey, well, who knows, right? They're also getting uh, – the fact that it's on a network TV show and they're getting a billion dollars for four or five years, however long it is, is – like that's incredibly notable. But loss in all of that is that – Raw at least is re-upping with USA, and I think I don't I don't it's know getting if more. I yeah I don't know if Meltzer posted the actual numbers or someone has posted the actual figures for that, but I, I think the rumor that he gave was that it was like 
four times more than they're currently getting. So they're coming out like bandits on both deals. Well, it's, it's across funny. the board in, in a huge increase. It's funny That's though because remember, remember the last TV deal they thought they were going to get this kind of deal, and mm-hmm. they had to re up for the same amount, and that caused all sorts of like havoc with their like stock and stuff. That's why the elevator music is now uh, just Shane McMahon's theme in Titan Towers all the time. See, if I was the WWE though, I would be a I would be happy about this deal, but I would be a little leery about the next TV deal because so what I think is going to happen within the next decade is this this live sports, which I include the WWE in this. That bubble is going to burst and those TV deals are going to dramatically reduce in value. And I think leagues like the NFL that have been resistant to like technology and streaming are going to be in a really bad place. So that's a good. Sorry. So if I was them, I would kind of have that in the back of my mind, but I know they've shown in the past, they know how to cut costs pretty quickly and effectively. I think you have a good point. Um, the thing is, like, it's so difficult to know where exactly you're going to be five years from now. Because if you, if this is obviously a different sport, but if you look back, if you were to look back five years and necessarily contemplate where the NFL, for example, would be, like today versus where they were, you know, 2013 this time, I don't know. Like, would you anticipate that they've declined? Because they've certainly declined in the last five years in terms of viewership. Um, I actually think the NFL, like you could actually see the the cracks in the armor, especially with like the concussions and stuff. I think I think you could kind of see that they were vulnerable, but I don't think I don't think we saw it going down like it did and them so intentionally damaging themselves in so many different ways. Yeah, there's a lot of unpopular stuff going on. I'm not even a big football fan, but I hear about it. So. Well, even even beyond the political stuff, which I think is turning people off, like the concussion thing's really bad. I think the I think the way that they just they the nickel, constant... nickel and dime you for everything, and even yeah. things like and I think the things that are going to really start to add up is like that that Washington Redskins cheerleader thing was really not good, and I I'm surprised oh, that wasn't yeah. bigger. Okay, back yeah, up for I... a second. I'm not familiar with it. Can you give me a Reader's Digest version? This, Bracken, Bracken, like uh, give you like the full details, but the short encapsulation of it, and I, I'll I'll add this two cents. Um, so what I was saying is that I, I live in D.C. I'm a longtime Washington Redskins fan. Um, it didn't even get as much attention here as it should have, let alone like nationally. But okay. Brad's going to give you the kind of a deeper um, explanation of it. But the short version is Washington Redskins. The team itself was pulling some real legit hashtag me too shit with their cheerleader cheerleaders. And when I read the stories, my mouth like dropped. I'm like, why would you ever think that this was remotely appropriate? Mm. So, so I'll just, I'll just kind of give a quick bull 10 points. So they went to like, was it Costa Rica? I think it was Costa Rica. If not, it was if it wasn't Costa Rica, it was like Dominican, something like that. Yeah. So, so they go somewhere in like Central America. Caribbean. 
Yeah. Yeah, Air Caribbean. So the first thing they do is they get there, they take their passports, which now people are really upset about that. I actually think that is a reasonable thing to do, especially when you're in another country to have everyone's passports in the same place. So that part's not bad. But so they go and do these photo shoots and they were like expected without being told to like do topless photos and stuff. And there are some other details that I wasn't as clear on, but there might have been some other things expected of them that were not told to them. I just looked it up. It was Costa Rica. And yeah, it was it was worse than that. It was I think this was the same event. There's actually, I think, another event or trip that was problematic. But one of the other things that they were expected to do is there was some sort of party with like donors or sponsors or something of the team and apparently the 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 sponsors cherry-picked certain cheerleaders and they were supposed to be going to the party you know dressed i presume in provocative clothing and it's like oh yeah like these uh these sponsors are really interested in uh hanging out with you it's like you guys are pimping out your cheerleaders like that's that's the most charitable explanation for this yeah, that's holy crap. And, and you know what? The thing that blew my mind, as bad as that was, it kind of just came and went in two days. Wow. Yeah, it, it, yeah it, it's, I, I don't, and I don't even know why that is. It's, you can't like, even pass that off as like the short attention span of the media these no, days. Because, because they'll go on TV and they'll harp about the Redskins name for days at a time. And that, for some reason, just... It was just gone. I was like, I was like, really? Like this, like that was re- that was really bad. Well, yeah, and they. It's funny because they made uh, a few years back. They made a really big stink about. Uh, I don't know if you remember him, but Chris Cooley, who was a Washington Redskins player, that he got in big trouble. He's a tight. He was a tight end. He got in big trouble because he was dating. Or wow, he actually wound up marrying one of the cheerleaders, and they're like, "Oh, this is so terrible! You can't do this." There are rules against like fraternizing with the cheerleaders, and I kind of support that because you don't want the cheerleaders to just be like, you know, you don't want the the team members or in, in any team to try and be preying upon the cheerleaders. But they made a big deal about that, and it's like, yeah, at the same time, you're basically pimping out your cheerleaders to sponsors. So, to tie this back, since, in case you've forgotten, this is a wrestling podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. To tie it back, it's interesting to have stuff like that happening with the NFL, while in the meantime, believe it or not, the WWE is doing more uh, progressive stuff by having, you know, women not only performing in serious matches on their show, but main eventing shows being taken seriously. You know, Charlotte Flair, Oscar, Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss, you know, all these people being taken seriously as cornerstones of whatever show they're on. I'm not saying that the crowd that's going to be upset about what happened with the cheerleaders is going to be, start tuning in to watch this stuff. But if you compare one to the other, whew, that's... um. That's a hell of a balance on the scales. Actually, I find it kind of hilarious that they handle the Rich Swan situation better than the NFL continues to do with their 
domestic violence situations. No, that's, that's a good pretty, point. Yeah, that's pretty legit. Yeah. Um, it's anyway. That's that's has led to now. Um, Vince McMahon is going to take all of his money and he's going to put it in a giant vault in an upright building with a dollar sign on the side. He's going to swim <laughs> around in it, and he's going to. Um, uh, he made up with Jeff Jarrett, so I'm not sure. Maybe Vern Gagne's grandkids are going to put on black masks and try to rob it periodically, and they'll put that on the WWE Network, too. I'm pretty sure but, he contacted Kirk Cousins about where to purchase a money bin. <laughs> He's the real-life Scrooge McDuck. It, that seems potential at this point. Um, okay. I'm pretty sure he... I'm pretty sure he his first action after that deal was to call Kurt Bauer and ask if he could, um, Court Bauer, sorry, and ask if he wants to race in the parking lot again. Which is probably my favorite Vince story, just on a small tangent. Gotcha. Um, here's what, I'm going to go ahead and move us to, it's related, um, another topic. With this news coming out, um, I believe, was it Meltzer that came out and said that you can look forward to Money in the Bank being four hours long with a pre-show putting it at four and a half hours, whereas pay-per-views had been three with the exception of things like the Big Four. So now we have Raw, we have SmackDown, we have whatever we get on the network, and now we're getting longer, I don't know we can really even call them pay-per-views anymore but longer special shows every month, which I guess means that if you're going to go watch Mania sometime in the near future, you're going to have to bring a cot and a tent. But what do you guys think? It's too much. Yeah, I'm not I'm not in, in favor of this remotely. Because for, for me, you're going to make the pay-per-views longer. You already have too much fat on the pay-per-views. Yeah, and I'm someone who back in the day, if you had said to me, oh, you want like an extra hour pay-per-view, I'd have been like, oh, yeah, man, that's an extra hour of wrestling. Like, I would love that. But it's it's gotten to be too much. It's one thing if they want to do it for the four historically big shows, Royal Rumble, Mania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. You want to make those four, God help me, four to five hours, like for Mania, if you want to do that, okay, like that's at least you don't have to do that quarterly. But this is too much. There are some of us that have to get up and go to work the next morning. And if the main event scene has been as disengaging as it has been recently, you're going to see a big drop off at the end of a lot of these shows in terms of viewership. And it's. It's a Sunday night, so, like, most of us, I don't know about you guys, but on Sunday night, like, I'm getting laundry done, I'm getting ready for my work week, and so you want to start a pay-per-view at 6? Like, like that means if I'm, like, having dinner with my family, like, out, like, I'm going to have to, like, rush home to be at home in time to see the pay-per-view. Or, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Chad. Well, or you're going to miss part of it. The interesting counterbalance to me is you look at what we have going on right now. Like, think back to just Backlash. One of the more fun parts of the show was basically a group of guys going out there and kind of screwing around to mess up with Elias's concert, right? 
Compare that to, and I'm going to pull this off the top of my head, Spring Stampede 99, which had a filler match in the middle of it, Mikey Whipwreck versus Scotty Riggs. Still three-hour show. Still had a little bit of filler there in the middle. But now we have more and more filler or matches going longer than they ought to. I they're going to have to make some big adjustments if they want this to work. They need more. They're going to need more talent, I think. Look, I, what I was going to say is that I I have the luxury that I can work from home on Mondays, so it's in theory not a, a problem for me to watch hours upon hours of wrestling on a Sunday night, but I don't really want to is the problem. It's like I I don't by the time it's not even that the quality is bad and it I feel some of these shows are very extraordinarily hit and miss like backlash was not a good show but beyond that like you just get fatigued after a time sure and, and again if you want to do that for the big shows you want to do 4 hours for like the bigger shows again good lord if you want to do mania since it's like the biggest show of the year it's your it's your super bowl of wrestling if you want to do that for 5 hours six hours with the pre-show okay but every show should not does not it should not be and doesn't need to be four hours it doesn't like by the end you're burnt out and you can't and if you if you miss it and you try and catch up you can't catch up yeah now let me pose a question with all of this going on this extra time and that sort of stuff is there a way to make it work for this extended period of time with all of the content that we're getting? I would say I would say no with the combination of TV time with the pay-per-views. Because like if you watch other promotions like so if you watch New Japan, like those big New Japan shows go like four hours. But other than like the G one part of the year where where it's like a whole month of like long shows you can skip the house shows and it's you're in for like two shows a month to really follow the the key stuff. And if you watch like the house shows for New Japan World, you're watching like guys work tags and six mans for two hours and kind of building up their match. So like that's the most comparable product I can say that has long shows on there. But, you know, you get that you get that break. Like, you don't have to watch the house shows you don't want to. Like, you're not going to miss anything. I want to throw another um, point into this. And if you didn't listen to our first episode, I'll try not to talk it too much. But uh, as a former indie worker uh, who got too injured and had to hang it up, I got to tell you, if a show goes on too long and you're on towards the end of the show... You yourself are hyped up to a point. It's like, you know, if I'm doing semi-main or main, this is this is going to got to be good. we got to do a good job for it, right? And it can even start to wear you out mentally before you ever even get out there. I can't imagine how just mentally uh, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar felt at there in WrestleMania. I can't even begin to figure that out. Setting aside what happened, you know, there could be a million reasons why the show went the way it did. But, God, just sitting backstage, 
you know, in your gear, waiting around for something to happen, that's tiring. I mean, don't you? I, this is this is coming from someone that's never been backstage at a wrestling show. Don't, wouldn't you get kind of bored by like the four hour mark, waiting to just do a match, especially like, I don't know, there's probably nothing to do. There's probably nothing you want to do. It kind of depends on on the relationship and with the locker room, in my opinion. If you've got a locker room that's that's got a real sense of brotherhood going and people getting along, it's not as bad. You know, you talk with different folks, you cut up, uh, that sort of things. But if if you got, you know, even then, it's still gonna make you tired. God Almighty! And if you have to get you have to get there early. I don't know how early guys have to be on site uh, in WWE. How early do they have to be at the building? How early do they have to be there for Mania? Um, just stretches it out. I would say they play video games from some of the up, up, down, down videos. You know, that, that they're seems... Back, they're playing Rocket League or whatever the stupid thing is. <laughs> It's it's actually hilarious. In one of his videos, I don't remember which one it is. They're in Nationwide Arena, which is the Columbus Blue Jackets arena. Mm-hmm. And there's a player you wouldn't know by name. His name is Matt Calvert. He's kind of a um, he's like a third line player. You know, not someone people on other teams would necessarily know. And the whole time you're listening to them talk, there's just this picture of him like behind them. And like I don't think anyone but maybe ten people that watched the video knew what they were looking at. Like, oh, it's Matt Calvert. And um, that's what I knew just, that they just did it from arenas. Gotcha. All right. So I think we can all three agree we're potentially looking at too much, honestly, too much content for the way stuff is being done right now. Um, maybe if things change, it could work better. But I don't know how much things are going to change, especially given that they just secured two giant TV deals. You know, they're obviously making money, so the concern is how much uh, is our Vince and the creative team going to pay attention to what the fans say? I'm leading this into, I don't want to be mean to Joe Annoy. I'm sure, I've, from all accounts I've ever heard, he's a nice guy, he's easy to work with, but... The character of Roman Reigns doesn't seem like he's working. I know every other podcast, message board, subreddit is probably beating this to death, but let's go ahead and get it out there and get it over with. We talked about this a lot in the the Lost podcast session. We're discussing we've backlash. About, we've talked about this on previous shows that we've done, too. I mean, it's kind of... If you've talked about wrestling in any capacity in the last four years, it's the it is the Tyrannosaurus in the room. Yeah, it's again, I I don't at this point know even what they're doing with him because it seemed I I, I really I I guess that's just the I could expound upon it, but it's difficult to really just go beyond that. Like I don't know what they're doing with him. For a time, it seemed like yeah, they were pushing him. And then fans obviously were rejecting it, um, but then they did this whole strategy before Mania, talking about they're presenting him as you know he's the guy who's there, like he always shows up, 
Like he's the he's committed to wrestling, whereas Brock Lesnar doesn't give a shit. He only cares about UFC, whatever. All of that to try and get Roman over. And then they have Brock beat Roman in Mania in a match that no one cared about. And we talked about that previously, but I was I was there live for Mania. People could not have cared less about that match. They were entertaining themselves during the match. So all of that build up, basically kind of like semi-trashing Brock in the process to get Roman over, but you don't put Roman over. And then you have a month later, even less than that, you have the Greatest Royal Rumble cage match, and you don't put Roman over again. Like, I don't like Roman. I don't buy into Roman and at least face Roman as the star of the company. Maybe if he turned heel, I'd be more interested. I don't know. But they keep having him lose, and now you're in a situation where no one wants him for two reasons. They don't want him because they never really bought into him because you were forcing him down people's throats. He wasn't someone that they connected with organically, but now they don't want him because, well, he's a loser. He loses all these matches, but, and yet you keep giving him big matches. He's a, um, I said this during the lost podcast as well. If you look at the greatest Royal rumble, he should have won and still lost, which means that, we may have a new Lex Luger choke artist kind of thing on our hand. Um, and I say that as someone who was a fan of Luger in the late 90s in WCW. You know, I like the guy, but this the string that he ran into where they were trying to push him and he couldn't succeed seems to be repeating itself. Well, the thing is, I think... Um, I don't think people would have liked it, but I think at least if you would have... At least if you would have put the belt on him at Mania, it would have been done with, he would have had his Mania moment where he got the belt, and we'd at least be doing something different. But now they're they're doing this weird Daniel Bryan thing with him, where he's like acting like there's this conspiracy against him, like that, you know, the powers that be don't like him, and I'm doing air quotations right now. Um, but that... that powers that be that don't like him or against him immediately gave him a rematch after he lost clean and then you know and then he got to main event the next pay-per-view over the title match even though they're against him like i don't i don't understand what they're doing like let's let's take the whether you like roman reigns or not out of the equation completely what the fuck are they doing with him i don't know and i don't even know if they know because, like, I think at least if you want to put the belt on him, okay, now he can sink or swim on his own. We'd be doing something, you know, people probably wouldn't like it, but at least, like, he'd have the belt every week. You know, not like Brock, who God knows where he's been the last two, well, month, I guess. I have to ask, how different would that be from the last time? that Roman won the title. Like, he won, and then he's feuding with AJ. I, I don't remember my timeline real clearly. Was that... That was post-Mania, wasn't it? Yeah, but he failed, he failed that wellness test, too. <laughs> so... Okay, so we're, we're doing... We're doing... In this scenario, we'd be doing something that we've only done once before, as opposed to several times over the last few years. And you watch Backlash, 
and I do not know who came up with the idea that Samoa Joe, one of the guys on the roster who looks the most like a legit ass kicker, needs to lay and rest hold on Roman for a while. Yet this hot buildup where Joe's like spitting fire and saying, you know, I'm going to put you down. And then you get this match going and you know, you can tell by looking, Joe's not blown up. He's not out of breath or anything. He's, but he's still got this rest hold on. So the theory I've heard about that, and it's one I tend to agree with, is they told Joe to work boring to try and get the crowd to turn on him and to and to cheer Roman. That's the dumbest thing. But that's that's what I heard. I can believe it. I can absolutely believe it. But that's not going to work. You know, the weird thing with Roman is um, it seemed like he was having decent matches last year. And I thought he was kind of like I thought he'd be kind of kind of become a good worker. But man, like the last like. I don't know, four or five big matches he's had have all been stinkers. It seems to me it's kind of hard to tell how much that falls on him and how much they are directed to do what they're doing. But, I mean, he's, he's like, regressed into... He's doing, like... He's, like, taking up, like, Lesnar's bad habits, and he just finisher spams now. Like, like with Lesnar, other than the AJ match... As soon as Lesnar like goes to Suplex City, I just know I, I I'm just gonna tune out the rest of the match because he's lost me. I kind of don't mind it as much with Lesnar, but you that is a good point with Roman. Like any Roman match, it's maybe like punch, kick, uh, that those corner clothesline things he does, and then it's about twenty spears slash Superman punches. You can yeah. count on that. It's 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 gotten more ridiculous than like the Bret Hart five moves of Doom or anything like that. It, it's it's kind of comical at this point. It is, um, and it's also unfortunate that we are in an age where the the spear being used as a finish, like it is, is not really doing anyone any favors because you know you have someone on your uh, you have someone on your roster who used to use that as a finish Bobby Lashley used to Lashley is huge you know it looks like he's got the shoulder width and if he were jump and spear somebody you'd be like wow that's that's big but Romans just, they don't look real dynamic. It's the same problem I had with Edge's Spears. That it it was a glove missing a finger. It didn't fit right. And so there's a lot of pieces that just don't seem to be coming together right, you know? During the Shield, when Roman was so over, what did he do most of the time? They did that powerbomb together. And, you know, that looks awesome, because, you know, Roman's like the driving force behind it, and the other guys are just adding to it. But so many of the spears that they've had him do, it just, it's like both guys just, whenever they hit, they just come to a dead stop. As opposed to, 
you know, the guy that popularized it, Goldberg, or even Rhino, they hit and go through you. It's just, it's missing something, the whole presentation, you know? I think they need, I think the fact that he still, like, comes out to the shield music and the the shield gear bugs me, too. I I have never liked the um, the vest. No. You know, D'Lo Brown did it as a it was part of a gimmick. You know, the fact that he's he's covering the uh, covering up the fact that you know he had to have that and he had a doctor's note and he just never quit wearing it, so he was kind of weaponizing it. But I don't know, man. It's it, it just. If he's sp- if Roman is supposed to be this big awesome ass kicker, why do you why up? why is he wearing in effect a bulletproof vest like a heel would? Well, I think I think the point too is like so you you're pushing this guy because you swoon over his body because that's what Vince does, and then you put him on TV every week and you pretty much completely cover him up. Even if if he was just wearing like a singlet top. To, to cover the fact that maybe genetically abs are just not in the makeup form. I don't know. But even if he was just wearing a singlet top, that no, would still I, look better. He he used to just wear, I think, regular tights and NXT, and he was pretty jacked. Okay. I, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt because I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure. I could probably find a picture if I looked. But, okay. Um, yeah, it's just, it's not working, and I... I think, like, the fans don't want to cheer him, but I don't think the way they're pushing him right now is helping. Yeah, there's there's stuff not working. Matt, was there anything more you wanted to add on this topic? No, it, I just don't think it's working at all. It, I it, think I, that's it, fair. I don't care for him, but at this point, I won't even say, like, it's entirely his fault. No. I think the booking is is somewhat incomprehensible. Like I, I again, I don't know what they're trying to do with him. Not only that, but he's supposed to be a super good guy, right? And he tried to murder Braun Strowman by. Yeah, he's not a good guy though. He's no. a terrible person. Yeah. yeah. So you know, you know what's well, funny a... is my wife watches casually with me sometimes, and she hates Roman. Yeah. Uh, yes. it, it, the problem that they have is. It's partly how they booked him, um, but it's also partly because he has tremendous charisma. And this was also kind of something we touched upon in the last podcast. But Roman is really affected by the fact that he's his heat, his popularity, everything that he should be is like the the face of the company, the vanguard of the company, at least with the raw brand is completely eclipsed by the fact that Braun Strowman is way, way more over than him. Braun yeah. Strowman, outside, if you subtract people like Daniel Bryan, who people obviously love, and then maybe someone like AJ, Braun Strowman is quite possibly the most over guy on the roster. I would and say I, he's. I would say he's challenged by Rusev a little bit, but not. It's not quite the same. I don't know because I've been to live shows and the reaction Braun. Braun gets versus anyone else is it pales in comparison. Braun is he's at least top three over, and I don't I don't even know that I would put Rusev over him. I think I think AJ is 
quite possibly more over. And I would say that um, Daniel Bryan is over. Like, I mean, WrestleMania, obviously, you're going to get uh, hardcore fans. But uh, Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania was the most over guy on the entire show. And I know it was like his comeback, but still, like people, he resonates with people. I think he, he people clearly connect with him. But even if you take him out of the equation, there's not a ton of guys who are as popular, I think, as Braun. Like, Braun's huge. And he's, uh, unfortunately for them, he's Eclipse Roman. And they, they're kind of going along with that, but uh, not really. Mm. I don't know. I, yeah. I think, that, I think also that Braun is actually getting people to go to the arena. Because our friend uh, Dan probably... I don't know if he's talked. I don't know if he's ever said the last time he went, but he went to see a show last year because Braun was on it, and I don't think he had been to a show in a long time. Yeah. The I'm gonna go ahead and and move us to our next topic, which is similar in that we have someone who. Really, hey, really Chad, getting a push for a long time. Hold on, it's cutting. Hold on, just okay. One second. Okay, now try it. Um, we're gonna. I'm gonna move this into the discussion about someone who had a push for quite a while and now is not. Um, Alexa Bliss lost the Raw Women's Title at Mania to Nia Jax, and then the follow-up match at Backlash, Nia won definitively. Apparently, somewhere in there, Alexa got hurt. And so, obviously, she's taking some time off. I would make the argument that with everything that's gone on, that's probably one of the best things that could happen for Alexa right now. Getting a break from uh, the constant exposure. Because Alexa is competent, but I don't know that she had the depth to stay as interesting as she could be or as interesting as someone in that spot would need to be for as long as she was there. What do you guys think? So with the recent, um, with the recent happenings, I kind of think that they might've just taken the belt off of her. So Rhonda can beat, um, Naya so that they didn't have to have Alexa lose to her. I would be hard pressed to buy Alexa being able to hang with Rhonda regardless yeah, but we've already established they don't care what we think. Yeah, I, I, mean, I know. Honestly, they should... Well, this was, what, the Backlash match? Like, they shouldn't have had Alexa be competitive, really, with Nia, but they did. And yeah. I mean, and, and, I mean, I have my issues with Nia and hurting people, and I don't think she's very good, but they managed to damage her incredibly with... um that Alexa program and that's after they did a tremendous amount of damage to Bailey and Sasha with programs with Alexa. Oh, and Becky yeah. Lynch. Yeah. Pretty much everyone who faces Alexa comes out the worse for wear. I, yeah. I, I think we, I don't think we talked about this in the first podcast we did. I think it was in like the last podcast, but I talked at length about how I'm not I'm not a fan really of Alexa and I wouldn't otherwise care. It's just that it's once you're going on like the fourth or fifth person that you've effectively buried in a feud with her to get her over and 
she's not really that good to justify it, then I kind of, I, I basically turn on Alexa and it's like, I don't care about this. Character. I'm going to respond. I'm agreeing with you, but in a different way. So hear me out. Mm-hmm. Um, Alexa is very good at being a particular kind of heel. She is very good at being that just hateful, bitchy type, right? The problem is that that person has to get their comeuppance sooner or later. And if you wait too long to do it, people start tuning out. And the fact that we had to wait so long to get that from Naya, meanwhile, basically killing I'm going Becky is still over like crazy. I mean, from what I understand, her reactions are still through the roof. She still has big lines for autographs. Becky is still over. But the fact that they have in effect killed Bailey, one of the most over women to come out of NXT or one of the most over women who while she was in NXT, they've managed to kill her is honestly a travesty. You had this generation of women's Ricky Steamboat right there. And they killed call it. I would Bailey Sting, honestly. Okay, fair enough. Well, I was going with the the kind of white meat baby face, like not not going to be good at being anything else kind of thing. But Alexa's very good at, at being that kind of heel. But the problem is she's not been doing this for very long. So she doesn't have the depth to go to in order to try and mix it up. So she's doing the same thing continuously. I think she does that well, but if you're doing the same song and dance all the time, people aren't interested in seeing it no matter who you're doing it with. I may be in denial. I, I still hope that um, Bailey can recover from this. I think... I don't know. Like I, I've been to a couple live shows where she still gets a good reaction, so maybe it's not as dire. But yeah, like they definitely, she's come out the worst for wear in her uh, program with Alexa. Like definitely, it really did hurt her. Yeah. So I don't know. I again, I hope, I hope that they can do something with her in the future. Like I was kind of on board, and I still am sort of on board with her turning heel, but. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how that would work. I think it would be something different. I don't know if it would even get a response from people. Because I think I do agree with you that she's someone who is very likable. That they you just want to cheer her. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I don't know how she would be as a heel. Um, I don't know. I think they. That's more of like a large. I think it's a whole separate discussion, really, because I feel like they just the creative team does not did not understand Bailey. And I don't know why there's such a disconnect between writers and and like the NXT team. The NXT team obviously got it right in understanding who she was and why what her appeal was. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's a huge disconnect between the main roster people. I don't know if it's Vince. I don't know what it is, but sure, to understand what makes her work. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so unfortunately. Well, Alexa is is out hurt right now, which is going to give her a break. It can really only help at least give her a breather so that we're not seeing the same thing all the time, in my opinion. I don't know how you guys feel about it. 
I don't know. Oh, no, I'm 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 okay for a little break. <laughs> from now, yeah. first of all, I am we're never disclaimer here, and I believe I can say this for all three of us: none of us ever want to see someone get hurt. No one, we yeah. don't see someone no, no. who does this for a living get injured. No, I don't want. I, I don't wish for any sort of actual injury for anyone. But this could be end up being a good thing for Alexa in getting some time off, come back a little fresher, and maybe do some different stuff. I think the big problem is, and we kind of tiptoed around it, is I think her act would have been good for like a three-ish month reign, not a year and a half like dominating the top of the women's division. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is She's good at that role, but, you know, what are we... The the fact that she's just doing that same role all the time. For a short stint, absolutely. But it, it really kind of seemed to go on too long. So, so what do you guys think of them kind of shoving Ronda into the title picture so quickly? I think it's a bad idea. Yeah, she had a, she had a legitimately good match at Mania. It was actually I would argue it was probably the best match on the show. But you that doesn't mean you suddenly hotshot her into the main event picture. I'm I don't know how this would affect her in terms of whether it would kind of kill some of her momentum or heat. But I would hope that this match is going to somehow end as like some sort of screw job or something where she then proceeds to feud with whoever it is. Maybe it's Steph again, maybe it's someone else. She can then feud with that person for a couple months, two, three months, however long, like extend the program into, I guess, SummerSlam um, and have her distracted while the, the actual main title picture is still with Nia and whoever Nia is feuding with. And mm-hmm. then maybe move towards building her up again, but I think moving her immediately into the title picture is a bad idea. I think I think pairing her up with Nia is a bad idea, because one, what are you going to do if Nia hurts her? And then two, if you want to, like, protect her in a match setting, like, Nia is not the person to do that. Oh, not, yeah, I mean, again, I think Ronda did a really good job in the Mania match, but that was also, they, they practiced that probably ad nauseum leading up and, to that. I don't think Nia is the person who's going to if there's if Ronda has flaws and deficiencies, which she almost certainly would because she's new to this. I don't think Nia is the one to cover that up. <laughs> Not at all. And I think the other problem they have is is um they've been giving Ronda really bad material and they've been lucky that she's been able to rise above it to a large degree. But at some point she's that luck might run out, and I think that's where they're going to really start hurting her is if they keep sending her out there with bad material. Yeah, um, it would not... On one hand, I can see the argument of them saying, well, of course we're going to put Ronda there because it's it's Ronda Rousey, right? Like, what are we going to do? On the other hand, like you guys said, it's too soon for it. Where does she go from winning? If she wins the title, the women's title for the show she's on, where does she go from there? Is this supposed to be like a take on all comers thing? That seems an odd choice so early in her career. The 
I will say her Mania match was probably the best debut match I've ever seen for someone. Not only because it was probably very structured in order to make it look that way for her, but on the other hand, she held her own in there. You know, she held up her end of the deal. Well, it helped that it helped that <laughs> Kurt Angle looked like a pile of garbage too. It, as as great as Kurt has been, I really I don't want him to hurt himself again wanting to get out there and trying to keep working. That that honestly concerns me. I never want to see him in the ring again. I also don't want to see Shane McMahon in the ring again. <laughs> Go ahead, Matt. And I, I'll say this about Ronda. Like, I, I agree she had a great debut match. The the overall issue I have with her in there, and I know it's, it's kind of odd to say this, um, because in a way it's acknowledging... And, and this is something that the WWE obviously would never do, but it's kind of acknowledging that there are things that are bigger than the WWE. But the problem, the overall problem I feel like they have with Ronda is that I don't feel maybe Charlotte, maybe Charlotte. I don't, but other than Charlotte, I don't feel like there is anyone have who is kind I, that I would perceive as like on her level. And what I mean by that is like Rhonda look wrestling fans like we, we it's it's fine to be insular about it and and love our little corner of the universe here. But Rhonda Rousey is like a legit worldwide star for mm-hmm. being an MMA champion in UFC. Like she's a big deal. Like she's I won't, I'm not going to say household name level, but she's kind of like closer to that than more people in the world, or at least America, uh, if you if you pull, you take a hundred people off the street, they're gonna know who Ronda Rousey is. They're not gonna know who fucking, pardon my language. They're not gonna know who like uh, the Riot Squad is. They're yeah. not even gonna. They're not even gonna know nec- who Braun Strowman is, who's like one of the most pushed stars in the WWE. Mm-hmm. But they'll know the odds are they're going to know Ronda Rousey. So she comes in as a big star. And I understand like, well, that's I maybe that's part of their mindset of like, let's push her in the main event uh, for the title. But I, I the overall problem with her is like, who do you have that you can have her feud with? That's believable. It's like, OK, Ronda Rousey, like world renowned MMA superstar, former champion. Uh, oh, she's going to be in a little feud with uh the iconics <laughs> and so it's a which so should really that that's something that's uh i'm gonna pay money for well now to be fair just just for the sake of argument the two of if she was in a feud with like a two-on-one feud i could see it being even there but that's 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 just like a uh, an example that you you know just pulled out of thin air with, the with, only person that the only other person aside from Charlotte, who I think is who they're building them towards, that they could make a legitimate contender to go toe to toe with Ronda would probably be Oscar. Yeah, I would agree. They ruined Oscar though. <sighs> Again, maybe I'm being optimistic. I'm hoping that they haven't really ruined her. I don't. I don't feel like she's ruined. Yeah, I feel like they I, could build it, her up easily again. Yeah, but it, now, it the, shows the stupid stuff they do though. So. They 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 had Charlotte submit her clean so that Charlotte could go on to lose to Carmella twice. 
<laughs> so that Car- Carmella can then lose to Asuka, which is just stupid. Yeah, the um, the fact that they the follow up program to Charlotte being Asuka is the fact that this is now Charlotte trying to get the belt back from Carmella. That just over that just shows a lack of perspective. I think. Um, I mean, yeah, okay, Carmella won the title by cashing in after Charlotte had a two-on-one beatdown, but let's let's be clear. Let's lay it out. The current feud is that Charlotte is trying to get the title back from Carmella after beating Asuka at Mania. These, yeah. these don't line up, you know? They do not. I have to ask, because I can never remember a name, which... Which what's the other iconic's name that's not Peyton Royce? Billy Kay. Yeah, Billy Kay sucks. She has no business being in a WWE ring. You know what? I I can't take away from anybody that has made it to work there. She's um, the better looking one though. But she, but it, I, I I saw them live once and they were they were as bad as Eva Marie was. When I saw them live, I I'm I didn't really uh, pay attention to them in NXT. I'm like way behind in NXT. I, I'll watch like the takeovers, but the the weekly shows I'm not. I don't really follow. So yeah, I I just I have a kid. I can't carve out as much time for this sort of stuff. Like you guys said, we were talking about too much programming without even factoring NXT into it. I try to watch NXT just because it's usually a Wednesday. I can usually sneak the hour in, and it's usually it's usually low effort to watch it. Okay. Well, here's what I'm going to do, guys, is we've, we've hit about an hour on this one. So I'm going to say, do we have any closing thoughts that we want to do um, to end out the our first edition of The State of Right Now? I, I do. I don't know if Brad has anything go for it man um so non wwe related i think if we're talking about the state of right now we don't really have to go into like to an in-depth discussion of it but i think looking past just the main promotion being wwe uh i think we would be remiss to to note that independent scene we just had in the last what week or two a completely independently promoted show sell out 10,000 seat tickets um, stadium. That is an excellent point. Being the, uh, the September all in show that's being promoted by young bucks, Cody Rhodes, I guess the bullet club. Did, uh, and how did that start again? I think it's, it's, it's someone, kind of, someone on Twitter. I think, I think it started with me if I'm wrong. I think someone on Twitter, yeah, someone on Twitter, I think, like asked Meltzer a question. Something, something. To, I, I, I forget exactly. My memory's a little fuzzy on this, but I think it was something to the effect of like, well, you know, the independent scene's going great. Like, well, wh- how many seats would an independent show have to sell to actually be like a really big deal? And Meltzer's like, I don't know. Like, if they sold ten thousand, it'd be like an incredibly huge deal. And uh, the young bucks immediately responded to that and were like, okay, challenge accepted. 
And everyone, including myself, probably didn't necessarily think that they could do it. But it sold out, what, within like an hour? Matt, I absolutely agree with you. Uh, it's rude of me not to mention it, but the fact that we had, I guess, in fact, what, before, if we count Cody and Um, and it sold out. Did it sell out? But it sold out so. F- well, well, it tried for thousand. Would they have sold it out? No, it's like it sold out thousand easily. Maybe yeah. they could have done more. And in general, kind of, it speaks to like I, I mean. Industry is uh, in total. Like I again, there in New Orleans, yeah. And it's like the hardcore fans, but everything. It's easy to for granted and think, oh yeah, obviously I'm people who really pay attention to this and really focused on it. They're coming to the show and paying for it, but it. Like PWG, maybe there is like a, a, a kind of mark for even even an independent wrestling out there. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to hit you know the days of the Monday Night War per se. Not time soon. Yeah, I could see it happening down the line. Yeah, it's just it's good. That if you're a fan of, of pro wrestling, like I don't know why you would not just be. It means out there that good, it's going to be a good quality, and actually, it's going to, it's successful enough that it's going to keep perpetuating itself. And competition can only be a good thing. Yeah. I All right, Brad, are you back a, with us? Yeah, there was some cutting out there. I was going to say, I just hope they have an affordable streaming option for this. But I, I, as, as I was saying, Go ahead. is when the Ring of Honor show in New Orleans happened, I went from I thought they could do it to it's not going to be if they do it, it's going to be how quick the tickets go. Mm. And I really sure. think I think I think they're kind of dumb. They could have probably done 15,000. and say we're going to do 10. All right, guys. What I'm going to is that has been the first podcast on the Pit Podcast Network's state now for May 2018. Matt and Brad, thanks for joining us. We want to thank you all for listening. We've been in three years. You're in the fourth. Let us know what you think. Y'all, <clears throat> good night and